I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Christoph Kugelman, the CEO of TradeTech. And congratulations are in order because TradeTech has just secured $9 million in a Series A funding round. What's the money for, Christoph? So the money is for further expansion of the company. We are continuing to grow not just the franchise, the customer base, but also in particular want to grow on a regional basis. We still have further investments to do on the product development side. I want to expand into different forms of trade finance, also inventory finance, and to more on the trade loan side. So that's what the money most is used for. Well, let's get under the bonnet. You describe yourself as a technology provider for bank asset distribution. Perhaps you'd like to enlarge on that and tell us what that actually entails. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, banks need to service their customers. That means they need to provide financing to their customers. And usually the bank, of course, is very well equipped with a large balance sheet and is able to provide a large part of that funding. However, given regulatory constraints, there is an interest for banks to increase the balance sheet velocity. That means to actually lend a lot more than they could swallow themselves and offload some of the risk to other counterparts. And there are other banks which help, you know, kind of in this uh, constellation. So banks which are managing limits can be helpful in this uh, kind of optimization of, of risk allocation. But of course, also credit insurance companies are providing some risk capacity. And then the capital market, of course, can provide further risk capacity. Okay, the service you provide includes the ability to package trade finance products because obviously each trade finance deal is a thing unto itself and will have its own requirements and its own sizes and its own sequences. How do you take all those different deals and package them into standardized products? It's a very good question. There are really three channels I have to kind of like uh, add. Um, the, in, if you look at trade finance in particular, uh, it is the bank-to-bank distribution. It's the bank-to-credit insurance distribution. And the third one, which you uh, highlighted here, is of all, is obviously the, the repackaging and the bank-to-capital market distribution. And why is the repackaging required? Since we are dealing with a lot of in- instruments uh, at the same time, uh, any particular receivable uh, portfolio could have anywhere from a few hundred to tens of thousands of instruments. And they are all very short term. They are revolving in their nature. Some of these instruments, and that's very much accepted in the trade finance space, they don't necessarily pay on the scheduled date. Uh, That could be that they pay a little bit late or they pay a little bit early. The same way like it's accepted if you pay kind of like your invoices personally, you usually kind of from an operational perspective, you follow whenever you open the, the envelope and uh, whenever it kind of suits you around kind of the payment date. It works materially the same way in trade finance. So to get that operation done is very costly unless you automate the processes. And through automation, you can reduce the friction costs. And the repackaging per se is just a way to turn a complicated operation intense product into something which is very easy now for some institutional investor to access, and you create a fungible, tradable product which can clear through the normal routes of uh, you know, 
clearing agencies, uh, which of course trade finance per se cannot do. It's obviously going to simplify the process then. There is an issue within trade finance of a gap. People talk about a trade finance gap. How can what you're doing help address that? If you think in terms of the distribution of bank risk to capital markets, that is something which has you know, kind of happened for decades uh, in all kinds of commercial bank products very successfully. Otherwise, we wouldn't have trillions outstanding of, of securitization and, and repackaging uh, products uh, out there. The problem with trade finance is that it's a very low risk, but therefore also quite a low yielding asset class. And it is at the same time operationally much more complex as you know, compared to maybe a, a trade loan, which you can buy in very large size, maybe 50 million, 100 million, whatever investment, and then in five years, it's still there. So that's easy to operationally manage. But if you have 10,000 invoices, which are revolved, it's difficult. So to come kind of like to back to your question, if you can automate these processes, you can compress the friction costs, the transaction costs. You bring them down from maybe, you know, kind of 50 to 100 basis points to a few basis points in cost. And that then leaves the majority of the yield, which a low yielding asset class can provide to investors. And very suddenly, you are actually now opening a market which previously could not really exist. And that's the idea of really applying technology here and and automation. What does this mean for, you mentioned making it easier for institutional investors to invest. What does this mean for the investors, for the credit insurers? So for for new investors, it's a very attractive product. Uh, Trade finance is kind of bound to the real economy. It's a product which has quite a low correlation to traditional financial instruments. You cannot artificially inflate it. Uh, you can you can inflate subprime mortgages, you know, house prices in Florida, but it's very hard to globally inflate trade because it is bound by what you or me consume on a daily basis. You know, people are not going to pay more for apples if they can't afford it. So, and it's always you know, it's always linked to these real goods. And that makes trade finance highly attractive. It also is asset class which usually pays a little bit more than actually should from a risk commensurate perspective. And the reason, of course, is also the accessibility today is quite difficult still. And for investors to have yields achievable at the short end of the credit curve, has a tremendous value in an environment where yields are negative in many jurisdictions and uh, where if you don't want negative yields, you have to actually buy quite long duration. And if you have long duration uh, in your investment products, uh, then, well, if the yield cycle actually does change at some point, you will get hit also on the accounting side. So that's why a lot of asset managers are very keen to access uh, trade finance but need to get around the repackaging and also the transparency uh, issue. You've talked about repackaging and, and you've just mentioned transparency. The, the cost issue is one I'd like to explore because presumably with the automation and the digitization of trade finance and the repackaging, is this becoming just a cheaper process for the banks as well if it's automated? Because it can be quite manpower intensive. 
Yeah, so I think here we also have to see that commercial banks have by traditionally they have absorbed and they use their balance sheet to extend trade finance to their customers. And it's still the case that the majority of, of trade finance is actually bank intermediated. And it's intermediated, in fact, by largely, you know, a very few banks on this globe. It's very concentrated. And what we can do through kind of now automation is you don't need, the bank doesn't need to go to its investment banking unit, get another profit center involved in, into quite a complicated process where also operationally, it also the investment bank is not necessarily set up uh, to, to do this and provide the service to their customers. On the other hand side, if you have asset managers like a large pension fund, there are usually a very few decision takers which manage quite large amounts and they couldn't go and on a daily basis also provide all that operational capacity and what, what's, what's needed. So the, the technology now connects both sides and automates all processes and absolutely right, it, it significantly takes out cost. And because it takes out cost, suddenly something which yields maybe, let's say, transactional risk, which is a hundred basis point at the max, you know, from a, for, coming from a bank balance sheet, very often more closer to maybe 50 basis points. If you have 50 basis points of cost operationally, well, there is nothing left for the investor. If you have a few basis points, it's still very attractive. And that's why we are creating a market which previously couldn't clear through really automation and reduction of friction costs. How do you see this developing in the future then? You've, right at the beginning, we talked about the, the money you've just raised. How does the company develop over the next three to five years? What's for us important is not just providing a top-notch product uh, to our users, uh, which is state-of-the-art and can do the job. It's also the community, the ecosystem, which is important. It's a small market, it's a small community, and uh, that means the interoperability with existing systems is critical, both on the banks as well as on the kind of investor side or participant uh, side. But it's also the connectivity between all these parties. So make it tangible. If you have an asset manager and that asset manager is linked to one bank and has negotiated a collaboration on the trade finance side, very often or almost always, the asset manager is trying to diversify also the originator side. So it's almost unthinkable, you know, that somebody would just exclusively work with one bank for a long time. It's fiduciary, it's hard to explain. But if you have to go and for, with every single bank, you have to kind of organize a complicated process and redo it. And every time it takes you six months, it's also not really feasible. So creating a standardization in this ecosystem, that is what we uh, are, are, are looking at. Uh, and the technology, of course, is an important part of it. We work intensively with the Trade Finance Distribution Initiative, which um, is led by the International Trade and Forwarding Association. There are now more than 40 members, large institutions which haven't developed an interest to build that infrastructure, which ultimately benefits us all, can allow to have money flow, you know, kind of at low cost from new sources, uh, new funders to banks, such that banks can then allocate it to their corporates. And we truly believe, you know, if this works, uh, and that it goes beyond just kind of the view for the company, but if it collectively can make this work, then it should have a material impact to not just 
corporate customers, particularly smaller corporates, but also economies, because money just is better allocated. Thank you very much, Christoph Googleman, co-founder and CEO of Trade Tech.